Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Free Lutheran Church Sermon Archive. It's our hope that this message would encourage you in your faith and would help you to get to know God's love, grace, and mercy in a personal way. If you have any questions on the sermon or would like to know more about Maranatha, please visit us on the web at maranathafreelutheran.com or call our church office at 218-498-2808. Thank you, and may God bless. every year to this service. Uh, it's a special blessing for me to have others lead and, and share um, their testimony and, and uh, God's work in their life in various ways. Uh, thanks Petra and Harvey and Cliff too for, for your part tonight and others of you that I'm hoping will share yet later. I don't know if I should tell you or not, but this is live streamed, and so you get to be on TV or something like that um, if, you, if you share something. But consider it this way, that you, you get to encourage people way beyond here, and, and maybe even some people you don't even know, um, by, by sharing of God's faithfulness in, in your lives. And so we'll have an opportunity for that a little um, later here after I share. There was a Texas rancher that died, and he left his entire spread to his only son. Uh, 24 hours later, the bank foreclosed on the ranch. Well, the son noted... You know, Dad did say that the ranch would be mine one day. <laughs> Takes a while to get one day, okay? That's the key. Yeah. So, that joke reminds us of how quickly things can change, uh, including ownership of some of the things that we have as earthly possessions. Uh, you know, that son might have been dreaming about that day when he would inherit the ranch, only to have it be a very temporary thing. And life is like that sometimes. Uh, the things that we desire um, aren't always ours to have, no matter how much we want them. And, and uh, while there was nothing wrong, certainly, with hoping to take over the family business someday, there are other times where even desiring something uh, somebody else has is wrong. And we've been going through the Ten Commandments here at Glendon this fall, um, and we're, we've come to the end of that series now. And tonight we're going to be looking at the last two commandments and uh, the things I share tonight certainly tie in with that Thanksgiving theme as well. Uh, both of those commandments uh, remind us that it's not just the words and actions that we do, but even the thoughts and attitudes of our heart that we have that might be sinful. I invite you to stand in reverence to God's word as I read, and uh, I'll be reading first of all from Deuteronomy, um, the, the ninth and 10th commandments there in verse 21 of chapter 5, and then also reading from 1 Timothy chapter 6. The ninth and 10th commandments go this way. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, and you shall not desire your neighbor's house, his field or his male servant or his female servant, his ox or his donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Then reading from 1 Timothy chapter 6, beginning with verse 6. But godliness actually is a means of great gain when accompanied by contentment. For we have brought nothing into the world, so we cannot take anything out of it either. If we have food and covering, with these we shall be content. But those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap, and many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all sorts of evil, and some by longing for it have wandered away from the faith, piercing themselves with many griefs. But flee from these things, you man of God, and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Let's pray. 
Lord, we ask tonight that you would help us. Help us to understand the sin and the danger of covetousness and, and also, Lord, the, the blessing uh, of contentment and, and uh, having a thankful heart. Uh, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Joseph Stump said this, The object of these two commandments is to emphasize the necessity of a right state of heart. All of the commandments must indeed be kept in thought as well as in word and deed. But by adding these two special commandments against coveting, God desires to impress upon us most strongly that wrong thoughts and desires make us guilty before him. We are not keeping God's commandments unless we are free from the desire to transgress them. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. As we think back on the progression of what we've covered in our series on the Ten Commandments, the first three commandments had to do with our relationship with God, having no other gods before him, um, not misusing his name, and remembering to take Sabbath rest so that we hear his word. The rest of the commandments have to do with our relationships with each other, honoring our parents and those in authority, respect for human life, and, and for the institution of marriage, and for personal property, and for reputations. One commentator stated this, these last two commandments raise the issue of sin and disobedience from the level of mere act to that of attitude, thought, and desire. To covet another's wife is tantamount to adultery. To covet another's property is akin to theft. And to covet anything else would certainly cover such matters as a person's good standing in the community. What's it mean to covet? It's to desire what we don't have a right to have. It's to have unregulated desire for what others have or what is not ours to have. And you might think of some related words such as lust or envy, greed, and jealousy. I like David, Simon, or David Seaman's uh, summary of what, what coveting is. He says it's desire run amok. These commandments assume these, a couple of concepts. They, they assume this concept of private property, even as we talked about when he went through the seventh commandment. And also they assume appropriate personal loyalties. They forbid all unlawful desire of that that belongs to our neighbor. And Siemens went on to say this, it's not wrong for a man to desire a house, a wife, servant, animal, or car. But it is wrong for him to covet his neighbor's house, wife, servant, animal, or car. This kind of desire is different because a desire for someone else's belongings plants the seeds of a willingness to hurt, kill, lie, or steal in order to fulfill the desire. Covetousness is desire that runs rampant over the rights of others and even over one's own reason. It is desire run amok, which will injure or destroy to get what it wants. And when we feel this type of desire, we may even destroy or injure ourselves to get what we want. Covetousness is normal desire gone wrong. So we think of the ninth and 10th commandments, they forbid then this unlawful desire and they also forbid any attempt to gratify that unlawful desire. So what do these two commandments uh, remind us not to covet? Well, don't covet your neighbor's house, or really, you might say, any inanimate property of his. It might be his new car or truck, or fancy clothes, or, or newer furniture, or a bigger smart screen TV, or any other thing that a neighbor has. 
And when we spend too much time and energy noticing those type of things that our neighbor has, jealousy and discontent set in. And we begin to think things like, you know, if I just had what they have, then I'd really be happy. And this carries over into then looking at the animate or, or living things that our neighbor has as well. And, and so God forbids estranging or enticing away the living things that belong to our neighbor. And, and to estrange is, is to cause one to lose affection for. And to entice is, is to coax or to bribe them. And so we are not to desire our neighbor's spouse, even if they are better looking or more affection or are better, have better earning power than ours. We're, we're forbidden from letting our mind dwell on those things or in any way trying to draw away then the affections of our neighbor's spouse or servants or animals. And most of us probably kind of smile when we think about servants or animals because we don't, I don't know, how many of you here have any servants? None? How about livestock? Anybody? Brian, don't you have a couple? Yeah, okay. And Harvey, thank you. Yeah, well, the rest of us don't. And, and, and I think it's good for us to then recognize that um, in Old Testament times, there were, those things were very connected to one's livelihood. And so having no servants or cattle would mean that you were poor. And you didn't have any help with your labor to get your work done. You didn't have food for your table or transportation to ride. And thus it would be very easy to desire and even attempt to entice them away from your neighbor. The ninth and 10th commandments forbid all unlawful desire for that that belongs to our neighbor and any attempt to gratify that unlawful desire. What do they command? Contentment. Contentment with what is rightfully ours. Contentment comes from a perspective that God completely knows our situation in life. He knows everything about it, uh, and one way or another, he provides us with all of our needs. And most of us, if we're honest, struggle in some way with discontent. A truly contented person is kind of hard to find. There's a story told of a king who was suffering from a mysterious malady, and, and he was advised by an astrologer that he'd be cured if a shirt of a contented man could be found for him to wear. And so he sent out people into all parts of his kingdom looking for a, content, a contented person. And after a long, long search, they finally found a man that seemed really, really happy. But he didn't even own a shirt. Contentment is not directly connected to the amount of things that we have, but rather to our perspective on what this life is all about. Jesus said, Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. The Apostle Paul in 1 Timothy 6, that we read earlier here, said this, Godliness actually is a means of great gain when accompanied by contentment. For we brought nothing into this world, so we can take nothing out of it either. If we have food and covering with these, we shall be content. You know, it's really hard to be content if you don't have food and covering. Those are essentials for survival. But most of us have far more, and still we struggle with discontent. The ninth and 10th commandments instruct us to learn to be content with what is rightfully ours. And they also instruct us then to assist and to serve our neighbor in keeping what's rightfully his. And this ought to then make good sense to us, really, if we, if we see that 
all that we have is God's provision for us, then all that our neighbor has is God's provision for him or her. So we think about Jesus and what he said concerning this commandment. He strongly encouraged contentment and trust in the Heavenly Father for all of our needs. And he also encouraged that we would have, um, that we who have been amply supplied would see God's provision of more than what we need really as an opportunity, an opportunity to help our neighbor to meet some of his needs. Jesus also pointed out the sins of and the futility of greed, and, and so did Paul here in what we read in 1 Timothy 6, where he said, for we have brought nothing into this world, we cannot take anything out of it either. We can't take it with us when we leave this earth. And, and so why get our hearts so set on earthly possessions? There's a pastor, a friend of mine that uh, used to say, I've never seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul. I haven't either. Jesus pointed out sins of the heart, including lust and greed and hate, and, and those desires and feelings slip in so easily, but they can um, be very destructive. And if we're honest, most of us struggle in some ways, so with discontent, and we desire more than what God has given us. So I want to ask you a question here as we're coming toward the end of this. What would it take for you to be content today? As I think about it, I haven't really struggled a lot with jealousy over other people's material possessions much this year. Maybe some other years, but not this year. But I definitely have struggled with discontent. 2020 has been a tough year, and we've had to give up some things that we're used to having. And I bet some of you are feeling some of these same things. Things like, I want my freedoms back, or I want my health back, or I want my loved one back or I want my president back, or I want my investments back, or I want things to be back to normal. Any of you identify with any of those? Some of those things we may not get back in this life. Can we still learn to be content? Paul wrote to Timothy, if we have food and covering with these, we shall be content. Any of you that don't have those basics, for 40 years, the Old Testament children of Israel had water, they had manna, and they had quail to eat And as they were out in the wilderness. And also their clothes didn't wear out that whole time. I don't know how that worked, but anyway. How did they respond to that? Well, they felt the menu was very boring, and they overlooked the miracle of it all. 40 years in the wilderness, and yet they every day had food and water supply, and they never needed to shop for clothes. Now maybe some of us here would be fine with wearing the same three outfits the rest of our life, and, and others would have a rough time with that one. Um, but probably most of us uh, would join in the grumbling about the menu, wouldn't we? But you know what? We have so much more than that. At least in my house, we sure do. We, we have a wide variety in our menu. It's amazing. And... and I buy a couple of new shirts and ties every year, whether I need them or not. And that's really just the start of God's provision for me. I want to tell you, I believe, and this is where Thanksgiving all ties into this, the antidote for covetousness is cultivating a thankful heart. And that's something that we can do each day, deliberately, if we stop and think and thank the Lord. 
list of some things that I'm thankful for today. I, I have a comfortable home that also forces me to learn fix-it skills as things wear out regularly there. I have a big yard that keeps me moving, uh, taking care of it, and that's good for me physically instead of being a couch potato. I have a wife and family that love me and adult children that pad my ego regularly by calling me for advice whenever they have car problems. And I have a church family that gives me reason to get up and go to work every day. And all kidding aside, though, I am so blessed. And I thank the Lord for an extraordinary family, an amazing church family that I've come to appreciate all the more in this year of the pandemic. And I'm especially thankful for God's Word because it offers us sinners hope as we live in this mixed up world. Hope because we have a promise that in Jesus Christ there is full forgiveness of all of our sins and there's eternal life in heaven that will not fade away, reserved in heaven for us. As we think about those things tonight, uh, I'll just ask you, in what areas of life do you struggle with discontent? Maybe it's good for us to sometimes name that and even talk to the Lord about that, admit that. And then, what could I do to cultivate a thankful heart on a daily basis? Let us pray. Lord God, we do give you thanks tonight. You have been so good to us. And Lord, you know the frustrations we feel. You know the times that we are discontent, whether it be with our um, earthly possessions or, or thinking we're lacking them in some way, or it be with, with other situations in our life that are beyond our control that we would like to control. But Lord, we ask that you'd help us tonight, that, that we would recognize your blessing to us each day, that we would give you thanks, and, and Lord, that uh, we would learn to trust you with those areas that are out of our control. Uh, we pray your blessing on our time as we share um, testimonies of thanks and, and your provision in this last year. And we ask that you'd bless those that are listening online too, encourage them with how you have provided for them as well. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.